0: Thanks very much. It's very, very nice to be here. Really lovely to see you all. Uh, Very, very nice indeed. So yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. So really today is a uh, a day in three parts. Um, uh, I can only, unfortunately I can only be here for the morning because I'm teaching tonight at the LBC. Um, So I'm going to slip back at lunch. But basically I'd like us to think about this this day as being one, in in a certain sense, one presentation that's passed between three of us. So for this afternoon, if you can have read this responsibilities of the public preceptors, that would really help uh, the presentation this afternoon uh, that Sadaloka is going to do. So that'd be great if you could read that. And we've got copies of it. You. it you. oh, you've had it sent to you as well. Yeah, great. Um, so basically, what, how I understand it is we're, we're, we're going to be talking primarily of two, about two things. Um, this this large question of the unity and coherence of our movement and order and how do we foster that, how do we um, value that, how do we um, develop that, yeah? And then the second part is how do we um, do that even better, yeah? So how do we create, how do we value and, um, I don't know, value our unity and coherence and then how do we communicate that to others more and more effectively. So that's really what this morning is, at least, and then we're going to be exploring some of the elements of that this afternoon in Sadi paper, uh, in Sadi presentation. Um, But I I thought I'd, rather than plunge in with those areas, I thought I'd talk talk about myself. (laughs) (laughs) For a bit. Uh, Actually, I enjoy doing. Um, So this year is a bit of a year of travel for me, Um, So I went as far as East Sussex (laughs) (laughs) earlier on, and then I went to Dublin. Uh, Recently i just come back from Ghent, Um, I'm soon going, the end of this month I'm going to, I'm giving a talk in Boston, and then I'm going to do a um, retreat in lead a leader retreat in Ariloka, then I'm going to do a talk for the group in New York, and then later on in the year I'm going to lead a retreat outside Melbourne. And then uh, a day teachers' training day in New Zealand. So by the end of that, you know, I've gone from (laughs) East Sussex to Wellington, New Zealand. You know, so that's that's very good. And um, just just the places I've been to already, I've just been really struck by unity uh, and how how wonderful that is. Like I went first of all, I went to Dublin. Uh, I led a teacher training day. I did a poetry reading as well, which is extremely good. <laughs> um, yeah. People were very keen on that. But um, I did a, a teacher training day there. Where's Ditra? there? And uh, I was really struck by, I don't know, the, the, the depth of practice there. I was really struck by the clarity of understanding of what our movement and order is. Uh, very, very straightforward. I was also particularly struck by the hospitality that I received there. Um, really, really wonderful. It's lovely. For me, I still find it really exciting. I get on a plane go over to Dublin. All these people, it's like going home. It's like I've just gone down to the RBC in my, in my slippers and done a training day there, except for this time I got a plane and did a training, teacher training day in, at the Dublin Buddhist Center. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people there now, but it's, it's even not really based on that. It's just, this a lovely sense of unity. Uh, and then I've recently come back from Ghent, <coughs> and, um, I did a talk at the Ghent Centre there. It was really, again, again, remarkable to go to Ghent. I went mainly to see the, Holy, the, the Lamb of God uh, and going to give a talk at the centre was my excuse for going to see the Lamb of God Van Eyck's painting in the cathedral, uh, which I saw when I was 22 and was, had a huge effect on me. So I wanted to go back and look at the Lamb of God. Um, and it was very really striking going to the Ghent Centre and all these people coming up to me thanking me for the... the journey and the guide, because they've recently done the journey and the guide there. And all the people for whom English is a second language, and who'd been reading it in a a second language, all just really thanking me for it. People I'd never met before, who felt a connection with me and felt a connection with us, effectively. Um, There was a picture of Bante on the shrine. Um, Again, you know, going over to Ghent, (laughs) finding myself very much in a community that I love and value. in which we could immediately talk about things and I could just give a talk. It's very easy to underestimate how incredible that is, you know, from Dublin to get. That's a remarkable thing. And I go downstairs and teach in East London, and then I might go somewhere else and teach. And then I I went to, I was, uh, Vanaraj invited me to East Sussex, and uh, off off I go, picked up at the uh, station. (laughs) similar. <laughs> Geography's never been my strong point. <laughs> yeah, similar they are. There's a, there's, a, there's a kind of poetic similarity, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Poetry really does rot your brain. Um, Mid-Essex, I went to Mid-Essex, and I was really struck by it, because there I, get, I get, was picked up at the, at the station, um, in the back of the car was a, a young lady who's their youngest mitra. She was, she's 15. Uh, I think you have, I don't seem to remember you had 32 mitras, something like that. Uh, you, you, you then go to the Mid-Essex, right? Mid-Essex <laughs> Buddhist Centre. It's a converted sweet shop, which I really liked. Even that, the converted sweet shop, I just thought that was fantastic. Um, in this, frankly, dreadful e- place, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that's <laughs> treading on so it's awful, you know, it's like something out of, you know, um, anyway, um, there's a crucifix just across the road, you know, uh, it's like, anyway. Um, but then, and all these people were there and they was so positive, wasn't it? I mean, I was doing a poetry reading, I think that might have added to it. <laughs> but it was so, so positive, such a positive atmosphere. And then three of the women were coming back because they were on the Five Strands retreat here and they were, they'd come back for the evening, and they were particularly excited because they'd been here. And somebody was saying, oh, I was too shy to see Bante. I wish I had. And Somebody else was saying, I did see Bante. Um, they came back. You know how people come back from retreat with all of that um, enthusiasm and brightness. Um, I found that particularly striking. And then a shrine room upstairs, 32 mitras anywhere. And what struck me is that a very small area, it seemed to me to be. <laughs> I do come from the east end of London. Um, and um, I just thought this could be everywhere. We could have one like this outside of Melbourne, one outside of you know, one inside, outside of New York. One, you know, all these little sweet shops. We could we could be converting sweet shops across the world and turning them into these incredibly vital and vivid, um, you know, elements of our spiritual community, uh, centers of our spiritual community. I was very, really, very struck by it, just the positivity in the room. So. First of all, I did really just want to rejoice, just in, in my own experience, in the, in the incredible unity in, of, of the movement. Um, um, I mean, people talk about singing from the same song sheet or what, all that, but actually, this is obviously already the case. There's no—it's really, really noticeable. Not just in terms of, you know, people talking about Bante and our system, but also the, the atmosphere of friendship between us, the generosity between us. Like, I'm on this dreadful diet at the moment, and someone at Mid-Essex said, well, I ran out to the shop and got me something that I could eat, and people were bringing things, to, you know, the generosity, the, the, the community between us. Um, very, very striking, reaching from Mid-Essex to Melbourne, you know. Um, now, that seems to me to be a remarkable contribution that we're already making to an increasingly divided and dividing world, um, that I can you know, get on a plane and you can get on a plane and you go to Ghent and you can go to um, Sydney and you, know, you can go uh, to so many, you know, all of our places and discover that you're in the same atmosphere. You know, that, that is our gift to the world and that's what the world more than anything needs. Especially striking because there's so now, there are so many non-aligned teachers now. Uh, one of our Mitras, I don't think she's a Mitra anymore, she teaches non-duality on the web. Um, can't remember her name now, otherwise you could look her up. But she's, done, she's very attractive, so she's got lots of followers. Um, she is very, very attractive. She used to come to the RBC, But, you know, I'm struck. She's done, she's done all these non-duality videos. And then you've got outside that. Like, you've got all of these non-aligned teachers. You've got all kinds of things going on. So people will be fine. There's lots of people teaching all sorts of things, and lots of people teaching Buddhism. But what we've got to offer uniquely and remarkably, is a united, coherent spiritual community based around our system of practice and Bhanti as our presiding genius and teacher. Um, and incredible, the effect that has. So literally, you can go to Ghent and you just sort of talk into an atmosphere where people have already been studying the five great stages, uh, studying perhaps is too grand a term, but have already been thinking about those issues, have already been... Um, introduced to Banti and his presentation. Um, I I think it's so easy to underestimate that. It's it's so valuable, so valuable, especially given that, you know, there's so many uh, non-aligned teachers now. So I did want to just start by saying I think we've got much more unity than than we realise, and we just need to be very vigilant about making sure we maintain that, and sometimes we need to strengthen that, and yes, we do need to ward against things that threaten that because they threaten something of incredible value to the world. People really, we owe it to people. I was very struck coming to Mid-Essex because, you know, I'd never met any of them before at all, This chatting to this 15-year-old in the back of the car. She was sort of so excited about, about being part of a whole community and she was talking about Bante and, you know, it was this... I was really sort of struck by that um, and how welcoming it felt because I was welcomed not because I was a visiting Buddhist teacher but because even people even had a sort of a sort of sense of me because we're all part of the same community um, and we owe it to people um, to give that, don't we, to to offer that. Um, so much suffering around. I've just started at the LBC uh, Kind of pre, what we used to call pre-Mitra group for under 25-year-olds. Um, one of them is here with me now, Taylor. He's, he, I commissioned him to write some songs for a day I was doing on Wallace Stevens yesterday at the poetry festival. He's only 20. Um, uh, you know, so quite a few of them around that age, 20, early 20s. 20. Um, we, we started the group with them getting them doing their life stories. Again, that's part of our tradition, is life stories, uh, because it's part of the great stage of integration, because when you tell your life story, you know, you realise all sorts of things. You know. Getting them to do their life stories, they've never done that before. Um, they found it really, really powerful and valuable. Um, we've got a whole, you know, we've got that whole uh, Mitra study going on for them that they can study. They're all immediately, I, I've been struck by how grateful they are for the group. People saying, look, I, I've really wanted, to, there's one guy who's in fashion, in, in fashion a young guy is doing fashion, and he was saying, look, Actually, I've got no time at all. I mean, he really hasn't, fashion is like a slave industry. Uh, He says, but I always make sure I can come to this evening because I really, really value it. You can see them making friends. I've got, they're on a WhatsApp group and they're constantly WhatsApping each other about the next thing they're all gonna do together. Um, They're part of a, uh, you know, they feel themselves to be part of a much wider community. They can discover things. It's such a, I mean, I know you all know this, but. Sometimes you sort of, it really strikes you, doesn't it? It's such an offering that we have um, of unity and coherence and all sorts of traditions and atmospheres that we don't even realise that there are. You know, like like life stories, uh, like rejoicing in merit. Recently, I was on the men's intensive at Vadrasna and uh, I asked, uh, I invited a buyer of archer to come down from Glasgow. I said, "Well, why don't you come down?" Uh, I'm forming a, a bit of a connection with him by a bio-varch. I said, you know, you might find things here that, are, that will be able to sort of feed into things in Glasgow. And he was struck, just really struck by the amount of rejoicing in merit we were doing in the team. Or the very fact that we run retreats based on, in teams of volunteers. Um, very strongly part of our ethos. Recently I was a poetry tutor on an ARVON course. Very interesting to go and do something outside of our ethos where I'm paid a goodly sum, which means I can now, uh, you know, have a, week, a few days in New York. Um, I was paid a goodly sum to be a tutor. Um, but nobody expects to talk to me, open up to me about things. They just come and bring their poems to me, and I cross out a lot of it, and they, they're, they're very pleased. <laughs> I mean, if you find tree writing difficult, try poetry tutoring. It's much easier. Uh, you just cross out a few things. They, they really love you. Um, I think... We, there's so many parts of our culture that we don't even realize are part of our culture. Uh, the, the, the emphasis on the positive precepts, the en- emphasis on ethics, uh, on community, and so on. I think we, we really can easily not value how much we've got, what, what we've got. And of course, within that um, unity, within that coherence, within that culture, I prefer the language of culture because the culture is something alive and uh, you can feel it. And you can feel it. You go to Mid Essex. You feel it as you go into that converted sweet shop. You feel it when you go to that room that they're renting in Ghent. Um, I felt it when I went to the Sydney Buddhist Centre uh, three years ago. You feel that. Oh, I know this. I know this. Yeah, I know that. You, we we can talk, and I can say, well, let's just do let's rejoice in each other's merits. We know what we mean by that, and so on. So within that culture, there has always been disagreement, hasn't there? We, there's always been lots of a whole broad range of um, agreement, a disagreement, a pe- opinion. Um, and there's a broad range of emphasis about what we each individually think is important. That's always been there. In in some ways, we're quite an let's say an argumentative bunch. Um, you know, we dis- you know from from the f- first moment I got involved, there's always been lots of difference of opinion, argumentation, at best done really, really well, inspiringly well, at worst done, you know, pretty badly. Um, so, you know, and I think that, that, that range of discussion and disagreement even is part of our health. Um, that's what healthy people are like. They can disagree. I mean, it's a bit analogous to a family. Uh, a healthy family also can disagree, but they can disagree in a, you know, positive and... Friendly way, without a kind of without bad faith, and so on. At, at our best, we just sort of can disagree, have different emphases. Things show up to us individually and in our centres differently. We've always had that. It's, it's, it's part of our health. There are there are just more recently some changes that I think are some things that we need to be vigilant about. They may not be things that we need to worry about yet, but they are things that chairs need to be vigilant about. And I want to say a little bit about that, but. For many of us, so that they're not, they're not live issues. Um, I mean, one of the things, massive things have changed, of course, is, is, is technology. So, all our disagreements that we used to just have on order weekends, walking around Pamaloka or walking around wherever we were, um, Taraloka and so on, um, where you said, I said, sometimes not very nicely, though, some of those discussions. Now, a lot of them have gone online, uh, and it, may, it creates quite a different thing. Um, and again, it's very understandable, because it's so easy, isn't it, now, um, to pop something online. All you need to do is be tired, feel a bit grumpy, have an opinion about something. What should I do? I feel a bit tired, a bit grumpy, I've got an opinion. Ooh, Facebook, you know. <laughs> I can't help feeling, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed the other day that Audemembrex thought, you know, before you know it, you've written a lovely little opinion piece, and you know, published with a picture. Uh, um, And you can spread it around like we've never done before. Same kind of arguments, but we're often not very good in print, um, you know, because print kind of fossilises speech, doesn't it? Um, And so it's really understandable. Everybody's doing it, although actually people are leaving Facebook in droves, but everybody is doing that. And it's quite natural, because when you're tired and a bit frustrated, you want to sort of push back at the world. And it's very easy to think, let's just do that on... on, um, Facebook. But the world definitely doesn't want a Buddhist order to be doing that. Uh, it really doesn't. Um, what it wants is to be able to look at our postings on any social media and think, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> there's all this rejoicing. There's all this, um, there's all this thanking and generosity on that. What an incredible um, uh, uh, lesson that would be for the world. Because everybody's opinionating. It's, it's, we're, if we're not careful, we're just joining in with that. Uh, people definitely don't want a, a Buddhist order that's taken vows to be doing that uh, so that's one of the massive changes isn't it uh, social media and what we can do with that there's more and more concerns in schools now about that you know, about bullying online um, with little girls in my life who wouldn't like to be described as being little but with girls in my life uh, t- 11 and 12 year old they definitely that, that's going to be an issue for them very soon that they're uh, excuse me I'm ringing I, don't know, I can never turn the vibration off of this thing. Um, um, you know, before I know it, that's going to be a real issue for them. Is people saying things on Facebook about them? Uh, they, uh, they've already got real issues in the playground about Martha said that da 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 da. She's uh, uh, they're strategizing like that, but soon that will all go on online. It's something that already concerning me actually uh, with the girls. But um, so that's one massive change, and of course the. The other very, very important change is a new level of divergence and disagreement around Bante uh, and around our system of practice. And it's that that I think we need to be, well, I think we need to be very vigilant about online. Uh, Our our own postings online, if we do anything online, should really need to be exemplary. I think Facebook is really good for uh, those videos about cats. Um, I saw, there's a marvelous one just been put up about um, dogs and how they are with magic tricks. So if you you do want to look at Facebook, there's a really good one about dogs and magic tricks. Fantastic. um, So that is something we need to be very vigilant about, is our online presence. Because we are an order that's taken vows, and people need us to be living up to that. But then there's this new thing, a new level of disagreement, which for me is new, about uh, Banty and our system of practice. So I'll just sort of go through some of those things as I see them, and then say a few things coming out of that, and then we're going to get tea and go into groups and discuss whether these are issues in your centre. Sorry? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're, the group, I'll, I'll talk about the groups in a minute, but we won't be doing it, we'll do that later. Okay. Yeah, I should have gone through all of that. But, okay. <laughs> so take, for the moment, take the secret project out of your mind. Yeah. Uh, This is all part of the same thing. Uh, So what you've got at the moment, for the first time that I can remember, and probably it possibly isn't, it's just that it's because you've got the online thing, you notice it more, I don't know, perhaps it isn't the first time. Um, You've got some order members that seem to be saying the Banty system doesn't work. Um, Some order members seem to be saying, or even have explicitly said that they can't see Banty as their teacher. Um... Some, uh, some of that is couched in the language of that Banty's insight doesn't go deep enough, deeply enough, so he can't be a teacher. Sometimes there's even a suggestion that my insight does, <laughs> um, and I can. Um, the other thing I've noticed is in more or less subtle ways, uh, Banty's system is in some fundamental way incomplete. Um, I've often heard this saying, that Banty's system is incomplete as if any system is complete. Um, what does complete mean? Uh, I just did this day with Wall- about Wallace Stevens yesterday, and one of the lines I really like from Stevens is, thinkers with no final thought. That- that's what we are trying to be, thinkers with no final, you can't have a final thought. Uh, so I don't quite know what complete would mean, uh, but it-, it seems to be a polemic of some kind. Um, uh, that the, the, the ba- basically, Bante is missing something, and usually, of course, the person who's saying that believes that they have the bit that is missing. Um, that's one thing I've, I've heard at least that the Bante system is somehow fundamentally incomplete. Um, uh, that even I've heard some older members saying that they have an approach to the Buddha Dharma that is actually more in line with the Buddha Dharma than Bante's presentation. Yeah? So, Bante's presentation of the D- Buddha Dharma is flawed because he hasn't got a de- sufficient depth of insight to be a teacher. Uh, people ca- some people feel that they can't see Bhante as their teacher, um, or that his system doesn't work, and that they have approaches uh, to spiritual life, which is more in accordance with the Buddha Dharma than Bhante's presentation. Yeah. So that, those, for me, do feel quite new, and they take disagreement amongst us into areas that we need to—I think—we need to be personally. I think we need to be extremely vigilant about um, because they have the potential to break down uh, our vision and culture. Uh, yeah. Um, now, of course, some people have explicitly said things along these lines. I might have caricatured them a bit, but some people in print have explicitly said these on, online. A lot of people have some kind of implicit. Sometimes you read things, you think, so what, so do you mean this then? But sometimes people don't come out with what they really mean for all kinds of reasons. Some people are just sort of confused by these views coming into our order and movement. And there's there's probably a whole spectrum. And some people just aren't interested in the discussion. Probably quite a lot of people are interested in the discussion and are frankly quite happy to carry on and and getting everything they need from our system of, of practice. So that, you know, there's a, a very broad range, I'm sure. So it's difficult to know, really, how widespread these views are, and therefore how much we should be concerned about them and how vigilant we need to be about them. Um, one of the things we would like you to do in the groups this morning is to, and we're going to have groups with, we're going to break into four groups, and I'll organise that in a moment, uh, a little bit of a while. Um, we're going to, we'd like to find out how much that is an issue in your center or your sphere of influence, you know, in, your, in the order around your center or in your sphere of influence, because it would be nice to see how, how much is this really an issue, those, those kind of views. Now, remember, that's different from, you know, our, our broad agreements and disagreements which, which we've always had, but which take for granted Bhante as our teacher, um, as uh, founded on our ordination and what our ordination means. Sometimes people have been talking about ordination as if it really is a broad-based Buddhist ordination. It's actually an ordination that derives explicitly from Bante's vision of the Buddha Dharma. Yeah? That's, that's what we've got, that's, that is our ordination, and that's what we can pass on. If we, if we can't pass that on, we certainly can't be a private preceptor. Um, you, know, other, if I don't have that, all I am is a bloke from Henley Arden, you know, a um, small town from nearby here, uh, with my own practice of the Buddha Dharma, but very, very, I'm very aware of its limitations. I can definitely pass on Bante's vision of our culture and movement, which is, you can never fully define, remember. Um, you can't say it's this, A, B, C, and D, although you can say, here are its fundamental. Uh, thinking here are its uh, important parameters. Um, So it would be good to find out in that group how much of this is an issue, either for you personally, because for a chair then that does become more concerning, or how much is an issue in the situation that you're in, yeah? Um, I think a larger question which we haven't got to and I can't get to today is also who teaches under the auspices of tree ratna itself? Um, Who can use the word, even? Um, uh, You know, because surely, again, Triratna is an expression of, you know, except to a dot, 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 you can fill it all in the the blanks. Um, We had a recent interesting example of this in the LBC, a young Mitra, he's been a Mitra quite a while, a hugely intelligent guy, you know, and in many ways, a very impressive guy he he asked asked Valtier, i'd like i want to go off and teach teach meditation and buddhism are you all right with that and uh said that you know that's completely up to you if you want to go and do that um, that's you know if 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 you feel you can do that and that's what you want to do that that's your that's for you up, up for your the question for your own conscience but you cannot use the the name the london buddhist centre and you can't use you can't be saying that you're doing it under the auspices of Ratna or the London Buddhist Centre. Um, completely up to you what you go and teach. And that's true, isn't it, for anyone. Um, we've got a Mitra teaching non-duality online. That's up to her, and it's up to people's response to her. If she then says, I'm teaching this on behalf of the London Buddhist Centre or Ratna," that's a wholly different thing, yeah? a wholly different thing. In, and the analogy he used, which I thought was a good one, was It's because it, it, I've been teaching MBCT quite a lot and mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. Now, if if you, if you had someone who said, "Okay, look, I've made up my own approach to mindfulness for depression. Uh, that's what MBCT for is for. I've made up my own. I want to go and teach that. What do you think, Madhavan? Because I know you lead leading a lot. You've been teaching people that, and you've been learning with Parabandu about MBCT and so on. Uh, what do you think about me doing that?" I would say, well, that's up to you, but you certainly can't call it MBCT because that would be in bad faith. You know, you can't call it mindfulness-based cognitive therapy if what you're doing is something you've just made up, which you want to put under that title, because it's a title that's, you know, got backing and, and, and publications and all that sort of thing. So it's, I, I think it's analogous, directly analogous with that. You just say, that's up to your conscience, but you certainly can't use that, because then if you're using that, that you're doing it in bad faith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So what we're going to do in a minute, I'm going to finish, and I'm going to, we're going to have four groups, and we'll, th- this is what we want you to discuss these kind of areas, because these and this is because this is the bedrock to. Then okay, so how do we teach, the system of practice and Bhante's elucidation of the Buddha Dharma understood. Deeply how do we teach that vividly and that's that's where the seeker project comes in but before we get to that we need to be talking about these areas you yeah. let me just see whether I've got anything else to say before we go into groups um, so you've got this similar situation in in centers um, what if you've got somebody who you know is inspired by something that uh, really is outside of our, our system of practice. You know, you, any way you put it is always a kind of shorthand system of practice, banties, elucidation of the Dharma, da, da, da. they're all kind of shorthands for this culture which you can never finally define but which has, you know, primary and fundamental shape to it. Um, some weird way, I don't know how you can have both of those things, but there you go. Um, how, what happens when they want to teach... Uh, in your center. So it's as far as I can see and it and it that becomes a responsibility of the chair and the council doesn't it? Okay, so You haven't got any power over someone. I can't say to this Mitra. No, you can't go off and teach I can't say that. I mean, I could say it, but it, you just go fine. I'll go see you tomorrow, you know, and does what he likes you there, there isn't any power you can actually have, but I can say and but you can't teach here And if you use a language of true randomness, that's in bad faith, that's in bad faith, yeah. Um, So similarly with someone wanting to teach something that doesn't fit into our system of practice, really the chair and the council responsible for saying, that's up to you, but no, you can't teach it at our center. That would be one answer, wouldn't it? Um, You you might say yes, but we'll come back to that in a minute, but you might say no, yeah. Because you're responsible for that centre. You're, you're, as uh, you you were saying, you're you're the guardian of that centre. You're a parlour. So you're saying, no, I think this is is either confusing uh, or it's uh, contradictory. Because before you know it, if you're not careful, we could have centres that teach differing, confusing, and even contradictory dharmas. So then you start to undermine this international spiritual community, which is what we primarily have to offer the world, I believe, is an international spiritual community. The ideal of which, given an increasingly fragmenting world, uh, it's it's a huge ideal, but an ideal worth living by, I think. An ideal, for me, worth devoting my life to. Um, As soon as you have different centers teaching different dharmas uh, that either confuse each other or in contradiction to each other, you start to break down that community very, very serious thing because I think that's what we primarily have to offer. So you might say to those people, no, you can't teach here. It's not, it's not up to me whether you teach or not, but you can't teach under the auspices of, of, of my center. And then you might want to know, okay, what support am I gonna get for that? So another question we want you to be talking about in the groups is what support would you need to say no? Yeah? Because it's not easy to say no. We've had experience of this at the RBC. Not easy to say no, especially now as somebody can be rude about you online uh, or just, you know, write you an unpleasant email. Um, I had one when I just arrived. Um, it's a really bad way of starting my visit. Um, they should appear with skull and crossbones in the blue things. Um, so um, you know, it's quite difficult now to say no, isn't it? Uh, the instinct is to say... And everybody, not many people will explicitly saying Bhanti is not my teacher and all those sort of things. They'll want to make some kind of da-da-da. They'll tend to want to say it's fine because it's in their interest too. Setting yourself up as a non-aligned teacher is a big deal. You know, good on you if you want to do that. Somebody wants to do that. It's quite a, quite a thing to do. Um, and you know, you could be doing that in really good faith. You could say, fine, you've got a different view of the d- Buddha Dharma, go off and teach it. You know. I, I don't really, it's not my thing and you, you can't do it here, you know. Um, so quite difficult now to stand and say, no, you can't have that. So what would you need from the college particularly? But what would you need more broadly to help you make that stand? Is, 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 is there things you need? It might be actually, it's fine, uh, not an issue for me again, yeah? So again, it would be nice to hear from the, um, the groups about that. Um, We'll be coming to this much more this afternoon, but I just, just to head some things up for the, the discussion this afternoon. Um, certainly the, co- the college can't insist to a chair and council that no, those people can't teach that thing at your center. Yeah? Um, we can't do that. The, pa- the college doesn't have any power. Um, uh, at the very least, just because if you tried to, that person could just say no and we'll, have, we'll do our own gig. So, interestingly, because that almost an e- echo of what ha- nearly happened with Croydon, that was Bante's concern about Croydon, is if he stepped in too heavily, they'd just say, I mean, they were saying not long, I remember at one point saying that they were the real FWO and that, he, that Bante had got it wrong. And that, you know, every, all the, the LBC was particularly being characterized as a sort of wishy washy psychobabble and they were the real FWO and that, you know, that, that, that was what was happening, hardening into that and they could have split off and that was the great danger with Croydon is that they would have split off into their own little uh, cult. But the, 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 the college hasn't got any power. It can't tell you, um, no, you can't teach that at your center. Um, interestingly, what occurred to me and this is only my own reflections is that neither does the chair and the council have power over the college So the the chair and the council can't insist that these people are ordained. Um, You know, they can't say, "Well, they've—I don't know, whatever it is—that the most recent declension of a a different kind of dharma is." You need to ordain them. Uh, They haven't got that power either. What we, what we're all trying to do is take responsibility. Um, uh, The college has got—this is really the first afternoon—but the college has got particular responsibility, and you, as chairs, have got particular responsibilities. So, if you did say, actually, we're happy with this, somebody coming in and teaching this, or my chair or mitra convener teaching this, it isn't in accordance, it isn't part of our system of training, Uh, all the college can do, really, say, well, we might not ordain people from that situation. Um, We might not be able to, because we might feel that those people don't share an understanding of the Buddha Dharma that we can pass on. I can't ordain anybody myself as a private preceptor that I don't feel shares an understanding of what the, what, what the Buddha Dharma is that I share with my public and private preceptors, Sabhuti and Suvadra, that they share with Bhante. Yeah, that's, on, that's the basis of my capacity to ordain someone. Um, I can't just do it as me. Um, so all the college can do is say, okay, that that's your decision, but we might not then be able to ordain people from that center, and we might even have to say, look, we'd recommend that people, if they want to get ordained, that they go to another center and train. Um, But the decision is with, the responsibility is with the the chair and council, isn't it? What do you want in your center? Um, Based on your ordination, which you got from uh, your your preceptors who got it from Bante. and they got it from Bante because it's a shared understanding which is a culture and imagination between us as much as it is anything else. Uh, it's a shared understanding. Um, so that's, I think, all I want to say this morning. So what we'd like you to, in a moment, we'll sort out the groups, and Rat is going to uh, take us through the questions we want to ask. Um, what, we're going to, what we would like to do is break into, go and get a cup of tea, uh, break into uh, groups, into four groups, uh, and discuss, Dharmarati will add something to this because I'm not very good at these points, but discuss, is this, is this an issue in your center or your field of influence? Um, is, you know, are there views of the Buddha Dharma that are in, at variance with or confusing with Bhante's presentation and our system of practice? Do you... Do you want? Actually, I'll get Domrati to set the questions. He's much better at it than I am. Come into the front, Domrati.
1: So I like the idea of a thinker with no final thought. So, um, in a way, I'm sure there's been so much in the presentation that's stimulating for people and thought provoking that you're going to have your own questions that you would like to discuss. But um, when we were talking about this before the, the, the session, we were trying to get to the, the number of some of the key questions. And, and sort of underlying a lot of what Maitrevan is saying, I think, is the spiritual value of, of a unified culture, and that there's something valuable in that for a spiritual community. We're, we're trying to look at the conditions for creating unified spiritual community. Um, this is a wee bit of a sneak preview from uh, the, the paper that Sadaloka is going to touch on this afternoon, but, that there's a, a quote in it from um, Bante and, and what is the Western Buddhist order, saying that the, the Dharma needs to be made specific to a particular Sangha and that the, your approach to the Dharma has to hang together doctrinally and methodologically. It's got to be something shared. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at the conditions for a unified community, uh, a a joined-up approach to teaching and training that works across centers and that works at different levels of teaching and training uh, uh, is going to be one of the most important conditions for unity. So some of the questions that we were suggesting, first of all, this idea of what gets taught, how we share a a high degree of commonality of practice the first question we're going to suggest is do you agree that it's important that uh, order members teaching at centres understand and support the spiritual principles of the community and our system of practice and training Uh, This was something that came out of discussion with the Insight Inquiry people who were trying to figure out a way of how do you engage with developments and innovation but how do you make sure that it's plugged into a broader framework. So I've got little sheets that I can hand out. I've got it written down. You don't have to to, to note it. Is it important? Do you agree it's important that people teaching, understand and support the spiritual principles of Trinatna, but are able to work in harmony with other aspects of the, the system of training, including the college. second question, is Maitreya Bandu, is saying, has this been an issue at your centre? Actually, I was thinking it might even be worth is this an issue for any of us? <coughs> you know, now I I'm a little constrained by the system, so there has to be something that allows for growth and for innovation, but has it been an issue at your centre, even has it been an issue for you? And, and then in a way if we're looking at, the, the, you know, this might give you enough to be talking about for the duration of your group, but for some people it might be a no-brainer, yes, yes, or no, no, and uh, we, we thought if you've got time to move on to bigger issues, question then would be what are the other conditions for unity? So in a way we are coming at this from a kind of college perspective, we're trying the spiritual principles clear. That each of you's got responsibilities in your own area. You've got responsibilities as a group working cooperatively yourselves to create community. What other important factors can you do at your centre? Can you do as a chairs meeting that are going to create unifies community, and then. Fourth, very practical question. There's been quite specific things that the college has been asked for in terms of support the work of the chairs. Are there things that the college can do more effectively that you'd like to see us engaging with the chairs, with, with the movement? So th- those are the four questions that we were uh, going to suggest. Thought- thinker with no final thought. There might be other things that are important.